Please, I'm a lane switcher, ready to get you now. My flow make you rethink your whole fucking style. Nick Cannon on these motherfuckers, Bobby going wild. As a young and as a child, I was dreaming for this, feeding for this. Listen, lean in with this. I'm the definition of a try hard, the lyrical miracle god. Do anything just for the applause. All up in your face with some shit you can't avoid. Yeah, this black, white boy finna push you into the void. I ain't got nothing but time like I'm Christopher Lloyd. And I ain't got time to dish you. I'd rather dismiss you and sell more records than you did in your first week with a reissue. Claiming you the greatest, but is you? I do this for Kenny, do this for Coles, do this shit for the jizzin' and the whole clan for show. I do this for most, do this for thought, do this for Dilla on the Pharrella. But don't let me start showing love, cause I won't be able to stop. Made 50 million when I went pop. But everybody know when I just pick up the mic, bars drop. I respect this generation, but I need the hardest bars you can provide. I'm taxing you with inflation. Bobby boy in a cut like a mason. I got verses like Freddie Jason, fucking amazing. You have to do it again. For people who think it's a fluke, you have to do it again. One more time, let's go. Yes. I'm back with another one, ladies and gentlemen. It's long overdue. This is King Known Uncensored. We're going to be talking New Music Fridays once again. Well, you know. But anyway, we're going to continue talking about Honestly Nevermind right quick. Um, a lot of fans are still disappointed at the direction that Drake went. And honestly... <laughs> Pun intended, right? The album wasn't that bad. It's just that it's mid. That's all. It's like, it's likable records on there. I already explained myself. Oh, yeah, man. Check out my Honestly Nevermind review. And oh, yeah. This week, we're going to get NBA draft on Thursday, right? Thursday, I'm excited. I can't wait to talk about the results of the draft. Winners, losers. Draft grades. Are y'all excited about that? I I know I am. All my NBA heads that listen to this shit. All the homeboys that support my shit. All the family members that support my shit. Thank you very much. Carry on. Right? But, I mean, Drake is set to sell 210,000 copies the first week, which is the lowest that he's ever sold. Uh, the streets have spoken. Now, it's a Brit to Drake, but if anybody else sold 210,000 copies, you know, it would be a good first week, but yikes. But have no fear. Drake is dropping another Scary Hours uh, three-pack on us very, very soon. So hopefully he can recover and bounce back because he hasn't been able to recover from dropping mid packs all over the place i mean dark lane demo tapes wasn't good certified lover boy wasn't good you know as drake fans always say you know we expect b plus a minus a plus work from drake or or it ain't shit and i have to agree with them But, you know, Drake's career might be going down a sinkhole creatively. Just creatively. Not necessarily as far as money and, you know, he's a great businessman. He knows when to drop shit. He knows when to cash in a quick buck. You know, a lot of other guys do that. Like Puff, like Jigga, like um, Dr. Dre, like, you know, guys like that. He's one of those. I don't consider him like a, a hip-hop MC, though. I consider him as a uh, 
entertainer, great businessman, and a good songwriter when he writes. But anyway, NBA shit real quick. Allegedly, according to the Bulls organization, Zach Levine is expected to re-sign a five-year deal. Now, the uh, money hasn't come out yet, but Zach Levine hasn't signed yet. Free agency hasn't begun. It doesn't begin until July 1st. Kyrie Irving, oh man, he's at an impasse with his uh, Brooklyn Nets contract. He has the option to opt in, but he could set himself up to be the hottest free agent in the game because this is one of the weakest free agent classes of all time. We can look up the uh, NBA free agents right now. can check the uh, free agents right now. We can look at this list right here. I mean, Bradley Beal has a player option. I'm pretty sure he's probably going to opt out and become an unrestricted free agent. Zach Levine is pretty much on lock. James Harden, um, he's coming back to the 76ers. I'm pretty sure that point guard Harden is going to be very vital and crucial to the Sixers' success because he's no longer the scoring James Harden that he used to be. And a guy like Bradley Beal can help the 76ers fill out a great big three because the Sixers are trying to trade all of their role players. But DeAndre Ayton um, he's restricted right now, but the Phoenix Suns are not willing to offer him a max deal for number one. Number two, DeAndre Jordan had a nasty, ugly falling out with, with the coach, Monty Williams. And Aiton is pretty much fed up. And I'm pretty sure that Phoenix is not going to match an offer. It would be a big surprise if they did. But teams are going to be throwing a lot of money at him. I mean, teams can offer him as much as $131 million, which technically he isn't worth. But if you're a team like Detroit, you're a team like Portland, it's worth it. Or Indiana. As I said, Kyrie Irving. I mean, I don't know. Kyrie Irving doesn't seem like a guy that's really money motivated per se but if he was smart I would take I would opt back in Miles Bridges is a, is a restricted free agent with the Hornets uh Miles Bridges is more than likely gone because I know some team is going to throw stupid money at him I mean, hey, again, Detroit Pistons, anyone? Because we're still trying to uh, trade uh, Jeremy Grant. Jalen Brunson? I don't know, man. I mean, signs are saying that he's coming back to the uh, Mavericks. But however, teams like Detroit and, and the New York Knicks could throw him 20 to $25 million per year which we know damn sure he's not worth, but however, 
Jalen Brunson was crucial and big in the Mavericks playoff run last year. Maybe they pay him. Anthony Simons is a restricted free agent, but I could see him going back to Portland. I mean, Portland needs everything they can get. I could see them offering Simons and matching any offer for Simons because shit, what else do you have to lose? Then you got a, another dynamic player to go alongside Dame or to come off the bench. Lou Dort has a team option. I, I see him, you know, resigning. Colin Sexton, he's definitely going to opt out and be a, uh, 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 you know, I don't think Cleveland's going to match any offer because you got Karis LeVert over there. You got Cleveland possibly going after a three or a two. I think there's not enough room for Colin Sexton to get the playing time that he deserves. So I think that he's out of there. Joseph Nurkic, I can see Portland bringing him back. I mean, they need everything that they can get. If they can't get DeAndre Ayton, then I would re-sign Joseph Nurkic. He's a quality player, but he's just been injury prone. We got Mitchell Robinson. I mean, he could be an underrated signing for a team that's lacking in the middle. I mean, if Utah could move off of Gobert's contract, that would be a good pickup for them. I mean, injuries have slowed Mitchell Robinson down. You know, a, a team like Detroit, if they can't get DeAndre Ayton, that would be a perfect place for him to put in the middle for us. Um, if Charlotte can't get a center in the draft, this would be another guy that they could use off the bench because, you know, Montrez Harrell got in trouble. Ain't no telling how many games the NBA is going to suspend him. Bobby Portis, he's going back to Milwaukee, no doubt. Tyus Jones could be a silent, quiet storm for somebody. Malik Monk, as far as I'm concerned, Malik Monk is about to get some money. And it's not going to be with the Los Angeles Lakers. There's not enough, not going to be enough room for him over there. I think that Malik Monk should leave and go to a team that could actually use his services. There are so many teams that could use a guy like Malik Monk in certain spurts, he balled out for the Lakers. Victor Oladipo, um, as far as I'm concerned, I could see him staying in Miami. It would be smart. Dante DiVincenzo, that's very unpredictable. I don't know. Uh, I, I would want to go to a contender or a team that's lacking at the two-guard position. Bruce Brown, he's definitely going back to the Nets. It's no doubt. Um, Kyle Anderson, slow-mo, he's going back to the Grizzlies. Pat Connaughton's going back to the fucking Bucks for the player option. Chris Boucher, unpredictable. PJ's definitely going back to the Heat. Um, Nicholas Batum, definitely going back to the Clippers. Kevon Looney, unpredictable. Uh-oh. Now, Golden State needs Kevon Looney. Big Loon was a major factor. Like, as far as I'm concerned, though, I wouldn't be surprised if a team like Charlotte throws buku money at this nigga. But I see Kevon Looney staying in Golden State, if not offered like a major max deal by somebody. Mo Bamba, he's more than likely... 
out of there in Orlando. Gary Harris is not going to get the money that he got last year. But I can see Gary Harris going back to Denver. Denver definitely needs his services, especially, you know, with Jamal Murray being uncertain and injury prone. Michael Porter Jr. being injury prone. Nicholas Claxton, that's an unpredictable question. It just depends on what the lob threat is looking for. That's another pick the Pistons could use. Um, Otto Porter Jr., I can see him going back to Golden State. Both Martin brothers are free agents. I can see Cody Martin going wherever Caleb Martin is going. Gary Payton, allegedly from the streets, and Jordan Poole are seeking, like, big money. I can see Golden State getting him back for the low. Jordan Poole um, is a player with an opt-in clause. I think he got one more year left on his contract. Marvin Bagley... I can see him going back to the Pistons. Dennis Schroeder, oh my God. A lot of teams could use Dennis Schroeder. Trez, Trez is done. He's He might not play next season due to that uh, drug charge. Patty Mills, he's coming back to Brooklyn. Jalen Smith, that's going to be a very interesting thought here because... Miles Turner's, you know, time in Indiana might be coming to an end. A lot of teams really want him. And Jalen Smith might be the starter that they're looking for. Torian Prince can help so many rosters right now. Andre Drummond's a free agent. I don't know. That's a very good question. I wouldn't be surprised if Brooklyn bought him back next year. JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee can help any roster out there. I wouldn't be surprised if he went back to the Suns and became the full-time starter, though. Because Aiton's future is uncertain. TJ Warren is a wild card. But... If TJ Warren has anything left in him because he tore his ACL last year, you know, he did not play. Um, Brent Forbes is a volume shooter. I think he he's going to probably stay with the uh, Denver Nuggets. LaMarcus Aldridge. I mean, I hope LaMarcus Aldridge goes somewhere where he's appreciated. I don't think the Brooklyn Nets appreciated him enough. And Steve Nash is just the worst coach in the league. Carmelo Anthony's future on the Lakers is uncertain. I can see him going to the Nets or to the Clippers or back to the Knicks. Bismack Biombo's going back to the Phoenix Suns. Thomas Bryant might go back to the Wizards. Now, Boogie Cousins, that could be a man on the move. I mean, but he was so good for Denver last year. I don't see why they wouldn't bring him back. Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard needs to go to Milwaukee. Go to the Milwaukee Bucks. That would be the perfect place for him. Goran Dragic is up there in age. I don't know. Markeith Morris, he should go play with his brother in, in uh, Los Angeles. That would be a good place for him. Ricky Rubio. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he went back to Cleveland. I mean, they loved him over there. 
Um, Tristan Thompson, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be in the league next year. Damian Lee, you know he's going back with his with brother-in-law. Don't even play like that. But those are all the free agents, though. What do y'all think? Y'all can hop in my Instagram DMs at KingKnown2. Y'all can ha- hop in my uh, Twitter at KingKnown on Twitter, you know, or Quentin uh, Cleary on Facebook. We can have this discussion. So, uh, there's a rumor that Julius Randle may be dealt at the draft on on Thursday. I mean, that'd be great, like, to put him in a draft package. Now, I gotta uh, do a show about, you know, possible trades that teams should do. But I'm gonna wait until after the draft. And I know I've been promising NBA 75 and top 50 NBA players. You will get that at some point this week. One of those two, you will get this week, I promise y'all. I promise. The free agent class, I'm not gonna lie, it's a lot better than I think it is, but it's still weak. Still no superstars that's becoming free agents. Um, uh, I got a question. Would you trade for Anthony Davis if you were a team? Now, me personally, um, it just depends on our team needs and are we willing to take a risk such as an injury-prone player that's still on a maximum contract? I think Los Angeles should really trade LeBron and Anthony Davis, in my personal opinion. Because what has Anthony Davis done for you since 2020? Not a motherfucking thing. In 2021, he got injured. 2022, he got injured. That's just been the story of his entire tenure in Los Angeles. When he was healthy, the Lakers went to the finals. But if you were a team Like the Washington Wizards, would you trade for him? Like, I just want to know. Me, personally, it just depends on what team I am. If I'm a team like the Utah Jazz, I would try to, to flip Gobert and a bunch of role players for him. That's, that's a very tough decision for any team to make, to take a risk like Anthony Davis. I remember us as the Detroit Pistons taking a risk on Blake Griffin, who suffered from some of the same problems as Anthony Davis, who was never the same after the first year, which was an all-star year and all-NBA third team for Blake Griffin. I'm not sure. So let's get into this new music Fridays, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna start at Kevin Gates, Kaza. Um, that's one of his son's names. You know, that's what we named the album after. His son named Kaza. But a song talking about fucking a girl with you and your homie. That's what you honor your son with. I'm I'm not gonna say shit. <laughs> I'm just, you know, Kevin Gates is a wild motherfucker. 
He's always been a weird motherfucker to me. But his music has always been good and his and, and um and consistent though. Despite him being a very interesting type of cat. But let's go through the track list. Um intro. Oof. That is this is his dreams and nightmares. Okay? That intro was tough. That's some shit that niggas work out in the gym to. Big Life is one of those songs that's very catchy. I'm in Love was kind of mid. PTOE was pretty good. Stepping, that's that's a street record. Bad for me is a pop record. Bad for me is definitely a pop record. And T minus produced um uh Big Life, by the way. Body is another uh, single. It's produced by DJ Chose and a bunch of other dudes that I do not know. And then another DJ Chose joint called Scars. Um, this is solid. It's just about the scars of your past and all that. Mine is a love song. One of those lovey-dovey records that has a very great beat. One of the types of beats that I like. Um, Shoot My Shot is the aforementioned track where this guy is talking about fucking a girl with his homeboy. That's just some shit that I don't do. That's a track that I'm skipping. Pause, 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 pause. One Day, uh, pretty decent. Not really a big fan of this record. Ups and Downs, um, pretty decent record. Truth Be Told, this is a pop record. It's another one of those pop records. Free at last, kind of mid to me. Hard to sleep, kind of mid to me. Oh, one of them tracks. I think it, I think it's one day where Kevin Gates is crying, imitating someone crying. That shit's irritating. Um, you was okay. Black clouds was dope. Plug cry, okay. Thinking with my dick. I'm surprised that Kevin Gates put Thinking With My Dick on here. This is a very old song. This is around those college radio days. When I mention college radio days, it's when I would go to uh, universities that my homeboys and homegirls attended, and then I would just DJ the motherfucker. That's what I mean when I mention college radio days. Thinking With My Dick was definitely something that I spun. It's a banger. I love the track. It's got Juicy J on there. It's the only feature on here. Overall, Kevin Gates' Kaza is a very decent addition to his discography. I can't say anything bad about it. Other than the one pause moment. But let's move on to West Side Boogie. West Side Boogie has been an artist that's been around for about eight nine years that just got a, that inked the deal with shady records two years ago and released his debut album called everything's for sale which is a very underrated album and more black superheroes is nothing different so let's talk about west side boogie 
I'm a fan of, uh, of of boogies. And it's been three years, actually. My bad. Since he signed the Shady. Killer Mode. Oh, man. This beat. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of that Aaliyah Timbaland sound. You know what I'm saying? From that late 90s, early 2000s Timbaland. Killer Mode featuring Storm Ford is fucking dope. I love that track. Stuck is is pretty much an album filler. Not gonna hold you. Nonchalant featuring Mommy. This is my favorite song on here. It's about when somebody is reaching out to, to somebody that they like and they keep being nonchalant and keep underestimating that person and keep putting them off until they move on to somebody else. Yeah, man, I could definitely relate. I've been through that hundreds of times in my life. It's just like hygiene. It's just like brushing your teeth, going to the shower. It's just like, okay, you're ignoring me. Okay, on to the next one. LOL SMH2. Um, I like the first half of the song. I mean, I get what the song is about. It's about like when Boogie is messing around with a bunch of girls and they keep texting him LOL and SMH. The second half of the track is decent. Can't even lie with Soldier Boy. Definitely has hit potential. I mean, it's good to hear Big Draco still out here doing his thing. Prideful too. A little bit too sad, but very um, soulful. And Boogie is a soulful artist. He comes from that dungeon family, family tree. I featuring drum. Yo, I got hit potential, especially with that bridge at the beginning and the end of the song. Crazy. Can't get over you. This is a song that I enjoy. It's definitely sad. And Smino and Tizo Touchdown definitely work well with Boogie. Ratchet Boog, the first half of the track is fucking dope. The second half of the track, I didn't expect that transition. Something Strange featuring Kalan, For Real, For Real, and Mommy. I, I love this song. It's another great song on here. Windows Down featuring Snoop Dogg. Just the perfect track for Snoop to hop on. And Anthony War. It's two different songs. Like, Anthony talks about, you know, his, his issues with his father. And War is just basically Boogie calling out to the best rappers in the game that... I'm here and I'm not going nowhere and a lot of your runs are about to end. Overall, this isn't better than Everything's For Sale, but that doesn't mean that this isn't a, a very good project. I enjoyed more black superheroes. Now, last but definitely not least, my favorite album that was released on Friday is Logic Vinyl Days. Now, this... I don't know if I'm going to throw that C word around. I don't think I'm going to give Vinyl Days the C word. It's a reason why. It's because um, 30 tracks is a lot. I can't name. I can only name one album with close to that. I can only name two albums that have close to 30 tracks that I can outright say is a classic, and that's All Eyes On Me, and that is Life After Death. Vinyl Days is not a double-disc album, though. 
This is like really 30 tracks. And a lot of the interludes are unnecessary. It's kind of like College Dropout. But we give College Dropout the classic because there's no skits on College Dropout. There isn't a bad song on College Dropout. There isn't anything close to mediocre on the College Dropout. There's some songs on here that are kind of mid, but we'll go through everything. And I mean everything. Danger intro. It seems like Logic, I ain't gonna lie. I ain't, I ain't trying to diss Logic. But it sounds like you bit off of 21 Savage by having Morgan Freeman on the intro. Not gonna hold you. You gotta get your own idea. This has been the problem with Logic sometimes. This is why Logic is not respected as like a top 10 rapper. Even though Logic has talent, I enjoy his work. He has maybe a classic album. Maybe a classic. But he has a lot of good pieces of work. I enjoy his rapping. I like his versatility. But sometimes when it comes down to certain concepts, he's not really original. I think that's always been his holdback. Lack of originality. But Danger... Morgan Freeman's talking on there and then Funkmaster Flex which is like a theme of this album like Funkmaster Flex is all throughout which I hate to be a nitpicker I hate to be that guy but I have to go there on this this is what is keeping this album from being a classic now if you took the lack of ori originality out of it and if you looking for song by song this has the makings of a classic but I hate to go there, but Ty I think he bit the concept of Tyler, the creator, using DJ drama all over his album, and he's using flex. Now, don't get me wrong. I like the concept because it's like Logic going on flex and dropping freestyles. So I have to give him credit. However, you know, I hope it's not him. I hope he just didn't hear call me if you get lost and, and just he's just gonna be like oh i'm gonna use flex just like tyler because i know that logic is inspired by hip-hop and shit so i'm not gonna mark him down too far matter of fact that did not affect my grade i went by the music but to call something classic it's gotta be original it's gotta be like it's gotta have great tracks but let's move on. Tetris. Um, this was definitely Diller inspired. I like that. Um, In My Lifetime with Action Bronson. Just more boom bap. These two guys drop versus no hooks. There's a lot of verses with no hooks on here. And that's that real essence of real hip-hop. That pass the mic type of thing that Action Bronson and Logic are doing here. Decades. Decades is solid. J.J. Abrams is a skit. Black White Boy. Oh my God. Six and Ted Boy destroyed this beat. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of early Busta Rhymes. You know what I'm saying? Early Busta Bust. When Knotts was doing his beats. That's early Busta Rhymes sound right there. He should have put Busta on this bitch. Like, Busta would have killed that track. Black White Boy, 
is one of the better songs on this album. It's probably one of my favorites. It's not my favorite, though. We're going to get to that. Quasi is like a tribute to Mad Lib. As Logic produces this beat, he samples it and everything. But Quasi solid. Bleed it. Um, Bleed it. You know what this reminds me of? Yeah, even on Genius. You know, without even having to look at Genius, right? Because I'm only looking at Genius for the production credits, right? Bleed it reminds me of the Beastie Boys. That's some Beastie Boys shit. That's that white side coming out. LaDonda is pretty dope. Not gonna hold you. It's pretty dope, man. Aaron Judge is is a, a baseball player leaving Logic voicemails. There's a lot of voicemails on here and shit. These are the skits in between. I don't know if some of these is like necessary. I don't think that one was necessary, in my opinion. Clouds featuring Currency, Currency and Langston Bristol. Logic, Currency, and Langston Bristol kill this song. This was a body. Like, I'm not the biggest Currency fan. I've never been a Currency fan. I've always enjoyed Currency's production on his records, but I could never really get into any of his projects. He's got, first off, he's got too many. Second, I don't think Currency is as good as a lot of people hyped him up to be, but currency on versus bodies 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 michael rapaport ha ah, the skit oh man michael rapaport is disrespectful as fuck but it's good to see him roast white people though it's kind of funny therapy music featuring russ oh my god the corny rap american fucking dream has formulated as russ who has had a hell of a year you know what I'm saying because his his record I think came out either earlier this year or late last year Russ as an overall artist has completely improved I didn't even know Russ was from Atlanta I didn't see no Atlanta coming from this nigga at all but therapy music with Russ fucking dope Tony Revolori is funny as hell this skit is funny as shit Definitely need it. Now, Rogue One. Oh my God. Rogue One is my favorite song on here. When the beat drop, this reminds me of early 90s, man. Early 90s when them niggas was using them noises and shit. I love that shit. That shit really vinyl sounding and shit. Breath Control featuring Wiz Khalifa definitely reminds me of Indica Badu. It seems like it's the sequel to Indica Badu. Now, Nims is a skit who's a uh, battle rapper. He's just basically disrespecting the shit out of Logic. And Nardwar. Um, I guess Logic has an alter ego called Dr. Destruction. Because I didn't know who the fuck Dr. Destruction was. But I didn't like the track, though. Kickstyle featuring Big Limbo, IMJ Mars, and Shy Gray. Again, this is another track that reminds me of like late 80s, early 90s sound. It's kind of like that MC Hammer sound a little bit, but not quite MC Hammer. But I can say that this got the early, the late 80s, early 90s sound. And the bars are dope by everybody on here. And I didn't know Logic was 
going back and forth with Jay Mars either. Early Bird was a waste of a song. This wasn't necessarily needed. It's another skit basically over a dope ass beat. 10 years with Royce the 5'9. Logic and um, Royce pretty much, you know, Logic holds his own with Royce. Royce comes in with another yet another complicated rapping scheme that's dope. Porta One featuring RZA. Oh my God. Producer Six pre pretty much remakes um, Bring the Ruckus from the uh, Wu-Tang Clan's first album, Into the 36 Chambers, and having RZA on there, RZA doing RZA tings, you know what I'm saying? Spitting all off beat and killing the track. Needle Drop. Um, uh, Needle Drop was another skit. Introducing Nez Nezzy, featuring Nezzy Ma Mamadou. I'm not a big fan of this song because it's like, you know, Nezzy and Logic up at Flex spitting bars. Um, I, I think Nezzy did okay. It's just aight. The track is just aight. Orville, though, featuring Blue and Exile and Like. Oh my fucking God. This is like late 90s, early 2000s hip-hop. Niggas just get on the mic and start spitting. The beat is fucking incredible. Another, this is probably like my third favorite track on here. Carnival versus, uh, uh, featuring AZ. AZ, man, is a legend. AZ is a top 50 rapper to me. I don't know how y'all feel about AZ, but AZ and Logic on the track, pretty dope combination. Lena, Lena's insight. I didn't know that was Lena Waith on that voicemail. Wow. Interesting. Vinyl Days is pretty much uh, one of the singles off of uh, Vinyl Days, produced by Primo. I like it. I guess I love it with Game. Game killed Logic on this uh, song. Uh, Game's verses has definitely got me anticipating Drillmatic because his verse on Russ's album was dope. His voice on Logic album is dope. So I'm very interested on what game is going to deliver because he's been consistent. And Sayonara was just one verse. You know, Logic is pretty much done with Def Jam. He's not re-signing with Def Jam. But, um... It's just a verse and just 10 minutes of talking, thanking everybody at Def Jam and all that shit. It's just him doing last call shit once again. Unoriginality, you know what I mean? But, let me see, is that my show for today? Is this the last album I'm reviewing, y'all? Yep. Alright, that's my show for today. That This is King Known Uncensored, New Music Fridays, and I'm out of here.